right. Welcome to another episode of To the Fullest. Today, my guest, Cece Storm, talented bass player out here in Las Vegas. How you doing, Cece? Doing well. And yourself? I'm doing great, man. Having a good morning, enjoying the day. Beautiful day out. Yeah, man. So, uh, yeah. I got your uh, new album here, or your old album here. You actually right. have a new one coming out. So we have uh, the album Passionately Angry by CC Storm, and that's available at Sia Records. Zia Records over yep. at uh, Sahara, I think. The one on Sahara, yeah. Sahara and the other, whatever the other location is now. Okay, okay. Yeah, I think there's another one on what? Oh, Eastern. Eastern, yes, Eastern. Eastern, correct. That's Eastern. the one I usually end up at is the one on Eastern. Correct. And then... Uh, and then you got a new album coming out as well, right? You got the Rise of the Horizon. Correct. That'll be out. It should have been out by now, but because of this lovely COVID nineteen that decided to grace our country and right. the world, uh, everything's been delayed. So, um, been re-recording some some new tracks, uh, touching up some stuff. Um, I should have it done hopefully by December, and if not, it'll be done early January, February, and it'll be out early next year. Oh, fantastic! So, so it'll, I'm I'm excited about that one. That's awesome. You're uh, so. Where are you guys recording the new album at? I'm recording it at a uh, Chase Music Studios up on East Buffalo, East Buffalo in Charleston. Um, one of my friends who I've known for probably better part of thirty years grew up with him back in Pennsylvania, and he moved out here, opened up his own studio. So I use his studio, and um, that's where we recorded passionately. Angry. I recorded passionately. Angry. I'm pretty much a one man band. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, um, but I, when I go out and play live, I, I do hire musicians and I have some people playing with me now. So, um, so that's where I recorded it. I'm recording the new album there. And, uh, cause I like the sound we got out of it. I mean, when you walk in, you know, he's basically just using, he's using his, uh, a computer and three monitors and everything's all on, everything's all digital. Now you don't need those big fancy consoles. You can get the same thing out of it. So, uh, I took one of my friends up to the studio a couple of weeks back, and uh, he's like, "Where's the console? Like, it's right here. It's, in the, it's on. It's on the computer." So, yeah, everything's like, in the box now. It pretty much is. Yeah, you know, I can't imagine doing analog recording anymore because it just takes longer. <laughs> it takes much longer. It does. It does take a long time. Oh, look here. I got. Uh, I got the Chase Music Studio up on uh, the Facebook here. Let's take a picture here. So this is probably what you're talking about here. Yeah, that. Nice. Yeah, he added. Uh, he added two more. Uh, monitors so it's very surround and, and he's added some more speakers it looks much better now and sounds much better but uh dave's a great guy i've known him a very long time so anybody who needs he also teaches guitar and piano so okay. if anybody wants guitar lessons or piano lessons uh dave's your go-to guy so nice yeah i saw on uh on your page here it uh it had i think this the screens you were talking about as well but yeah, you're playing all the instruments on your record, huh? Yeah, I did. I did mostly, with the exception of a couple of guitar solos on "Passionately Angry." I, I did all the instruments. Um, on this one, uh, Dave has been playing some guitar on it. Did some leads. A um, couple couple new songs that I've been writing. I'll probably do all the instruments on all the instrumentation on that. All the vocals. Um, I do have uh, Mary Crya uh, singing "X-ray Eyes." That'll be on there, which is a Kiss cover off the album "Dynasty." Nice. So you can listen to that one, and then you can listen to mine. Uh, got some got some plugs over the summer, which I was really proud of, and uh, came out real well. Nice, yeah. So, we had Mary. Uh, we had Mary just on the podcast recently. Oh, I love She's Mary. an amazing vocalist out yeah. here in Las Vegas, and I've been good friends with her for quite a while. Such now. a personality on her. I know, right? She's Such a huge ama- personality. Yeah, amazing. So we had a, we met at Kiss Night last year, and we just hit it off. So I love Kiss Nights. Tony yeah. Curtis putting the uh, the great charity event over at Vamped. Yep. And, uh, yeah, Kiss Night's fantastic. You get all the local musicians out here in Las Vegas, plus a lot of great guest stars sure. coming together and raising a bunch of money for the kids. Yeah. Uh, it goes to uh, 
it goes to music for schools, right? Yes. Yeah, music yes. programs for schools. Yes. Yeah, it's a fantastic project that he's done. And it's raised a lot of great, uh, a lot of money, great cause. Done very well. And we'll continue to do so after this pandemic ends. That's awesome. Oh, I found it. I found it. I knew I saw what you were talking about when you were saying that they had the, uh, the triple monitor display going Correct. on over at uh, Chase yeah. Music Studios. Yeah, that's the one. See, that's the way to do it, man. Uh-huh. That is fantastic. I I'm, I just recently got a um, a Raven MTI from my friend Mark, uh, who plays for Foundry, mm-hmm. and uh, and I've always wanted one of those. It's the uh, it's like a touchscreen interface that oh, goes nice. right on your desk, but it, nice. you can bring your mix window up and actually like move faders on the screen. And so it leaves room for all the monitors that I had to do like a nice display like that in my studio as well. And uh, yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty sexy whenever you have all that going on <laughs> at the same time. You're like, oh my gosh. I know. The uh, problem was if I was if I had Dave stuff, I would never leave the house again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun to have all that and just sitting in your house, sure. man. Be able to be creative. Yeah. Yeah, I've been wanting to. Uh, I've been trying to focus on working on a solo album as well, Good. where I play all the instrumentation. Good. But it's been a, it's been a lot of uh, energy trying to do this thing and work on the, uh, you know, other other YouTube videos and stuff. Sure, we're doing a wonderful thing. It. You're doing a wonderful thing. So. Oh, thank you very much, man. Absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things I love to give the opportunity to the uh, the local musicians and the the local crowd out here in las vegas and well, it's uh, very much appreciated very much appreciated yeah man so. everybody's been saying and especially with the corona going on um it's hard to get together with your friends and and catch up and see what's going on with everybody and exactly. so this definitely gives an opportunity for people to come on and promote what they're up to and really uh uh gives a chance for the uh the community to see every all that you know exactly so, yeah and i appreciate you uh hitting me up and coming on the show man that's like that's what it's all about dude like i really uh I really appreciate the support that you you've been giving. So watching the show and well, of course. I mean, I want to I want to see my friends succeed. You know, I certainly want to succeed at this. I mean, I don't need to be a rock star, but I just want to you know get out there and plug my stuff and because I love playing. It's, you know, you know, you don't want to give it up. It's you know, yeah. you'll be eighty years old and you still want to be out on stage. Of course, so, yeah. It's not about the money, right? Exactly. I just like to play. I mean, I'm not look. If I wanted to be, if I was in this for the money, I would have left a long time ago. <laughs> so. uh, yeah, man. That's that's how I ended up being an engineer. I yeah. was just like, I still want to do this music thing. Right. But uh, but the money's not quite there. Whenever you're uh, you're just trying to be the musician, you know. Some people do do really well with that, but it's very difficult to accomplish. Yeah. And uh, and and it's just nice to be able to stay within that community of people and stay working on music and and survive off of it at the same time. And it's a lot of fun doing all this technical stuff, man. Do you have any of your music on like Spotify or iTunes or anything like that? Um, let me think. I don't know. Um, the last thing I did was the Cracker Man album, and uh, I don't know where that would if that's still up or not. I think Tyler might have uh, tried to get rid of a bunch of it online when he started his new projects. Um, but you know, I do have um, I have a copy of the Pink album over there. Let me see if I can find it. If I can find it online here, but we did uh, we did a lot of fun stuff. Uh, let me see here. I can I definitely can find like the oh the website's down too, huh? Yeah. Once we uh, once we went different ways, I think Tyler kind of scoured the internet and tried to make it disappear. Okay. Um, was it? Was it- he just wanted to have a clean slate with his new project, and oh, okay. he was he he kind of started it all over again. Okay, and uh, 
And then he ended up going um, with the alligator blood band. All right. But I haven't looked it up in a while. I have not looked it up in a while. I got to find something that's not on YouTube so that even though it's my stuff, I, I guess I could play off the YouTube, right? Should be able to. Right. They just demonetize your your stuff, but then it's like... Well, the reason why I was asking is because if you have you gotten any like royalty statements from your record, anything you've published, because my royalty statements, if I was in it for the money, the revenue is, <laughs> is laughable. <laughs> um, no, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was not very successful with that. We were selling the albums and everything, and... Uh, we were on iTunes okay. and, you know, Spotify and all that. And we were getting sales and uh, it just it never really added up to anything, right? It was just like, eh, maybe you'll get a little bit of money, but it was like not enough to really go around. Really, when, what we were making money off of was the T-shirts and... Yeah, merchandising. And, yeah, merchandising. Sure. That's really where you make your money at in a yeah. band nowadays is, yeah. is merchandise. And I don't think that'll ever change. No. But, um, but yeah, making album sales are just, they're hard, man. You know, Especially it's really hard. Anymore, yeah. Anymore, but that's what it is. Yeah, I think the only thing that's on there is that video from, uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's all gone. Tyler was very efficient. He's, if there's one thing Tyler is, it's efficient. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah you made that shit disappear. Friends of mine back east, they were signed to Atlantic. They were, their band was called Solution AD. Okay. And they were signed to Atlantic back in early 90s mid 90s maybe and their first album happily ever after did okay they were on tour with uh, david bowie and stuff but i know they just re-pulled their albums and re-released it on on i don't know if it's their own label or they got another label to pick them up i don't know because i had it on i had it was on atlantic tag and then they went somewhere else. i'm just i'm just curious it's kind of pointless but uh, whatever but yeah, it's uh, it's that's one of the most difficult things is to make money off of album sales yeah. nowadays, especially with the streaming services and YouTube and all that. Mm. It's like it's so easy to get at people's music for free, or just for paying the streaming service. And right. then like Spotify is not going to give you any money. No, you you, I mean, there, uh, even the people that are doing millions and millions of plays on Spotify aren't making anything from that. You you're know, lucky if you're getting five hundred bucks if they're getting millions of plays. Yeah, they're lucky. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, like uh, Drake was a good example of that. Um, he was just he was one of the most popular artists on yeah. Spotify and he was not making anything from it. Their whole, their whole structure is, uh, just piracy. Basically they mm -hmm. just steal everything. And, uh, they, they went in after all the record labels when everything was really collapsing. And they were just like, well, here's a last chance for you to make a little bit of money. Give us your entire catalog for like entire record labels. And yeah. they just said, screw it. We're not making any money. Here you go. Forfeited the rights to all these catalogs. And then Spotify just keeps everything. Yeah. I mean, it just goes to the management and the artist gets nothing. Yeah. Yeah, it's really a shame. Uh, I, uh, but what are you going to do? I mean, what are you going to do, right? Nothing you, you can do. That's what people listen to music on is Spotify and iTunes. Well, they're not, it's not going back to, as much as I hate to say it, it's not going back to CDs. And people are just rediscovering vinyl, which is really nice. But even vinyl's expensive. Yeah. And vinyl's like $30 an album, if that, or more. That's what I was going to do so. um, with my next record, is do vinyl. I'll do the, you can buy it on iTunes and everything, right. but then it's like, um, yeah, I'm going to be releasing it on vinyl just because like, I don't know. I don't know anybody that really does the CD exchange anymore. Right. Like, um, my buddy gave me a CD to listen to the music on and I was like, shit, the only CD player I have is in my car. Exactly. I don't have anything that plays CDs anymore. You I can't find them in stores. Yeah. You can't. I mean, you got to go to Amazon if you want to buy a CD player. Yeah, Exactly. So. 
I mean, I could I could probably hook it up. I can plug a CD into my laptop, you sure. know, and play it off my laptop. Sure. But uh, but that's about it, really. You know, it's uh, it's a different world we're living in. Everything just streams right up. When I listen to music, I stream it off my Alexa devices. Right? I just I tell too. her to play it for me. Yep. It's crazy. So yeah, it makes it really really difficult. Um, I did find one thing that I have the rights to here, which is my old uh, tribute band that I played in. And I love showing this one off. This this came out really well. And we shot this. We shot this event. Nice. And uh, I actually did uh, all this stuff, man. It's pretty fantastic. And I got Anthony Gomez and Pauly D up there. We had a lot of fun doing this. I really hope we get to uh, start playing live shows again. Oh, me too. Because it's like when you're in a tribute band like this, it's uh, there's no point in like cutting albums or anything. You know, right. it's just this is really where my focusing about that was doing this because it was really a lot of fun to play live. Yeah, I miss doing this, man. I miss doing this. When's the last time you played a gig, man? <laughs> Kiss Night. That was the last time I did a gig. Oh, that was last year. Last year. Wow. Yeah. Um, my previous employer, uh, I had to, I had to beg, just to let them give me part of the night off to go to that. Oh, really? Yeah, and. I had to come back to work when it was done. I had to leave. I had to be there. I said I'd be back by midnight. I got back there by like 10, 30, 11 o'clock. And I said to work all night at the time. So needless to say, I'm not there anymore. <laughs> that's, that's how well I was treated. Oh, that so. sucks. Yeah, I always tell people that, man. It's like, uh, you know, you're only as valuable as uh, they see you at the time. You know, nobody really has loyalty, especially when they're paying people to you know, come and do a job. It's just like, well, I'll just pay someone else. It's really just nobody gives a shit about you. Well, uh, America. I was, I was a supervisor. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say the name of the casino because uh, it's not. It's not worth it to me. Yeah. Um, I was a supervisor in security, and uh, I wasn't favored. Yeah. They didn't like me there because, lo and behold, I have a heart, and I treat other employees with respect, and I listen to them, and I don't believe in writing them up for every little minor nuance that they, they might have. You know. And that's not what they wanted. They wanted someone that would, you know, that would backstab them and and treat them like shit. And I just, I'm not like that. I mean, granted, I made my mistakes, and they look down on those. And you, you learn from your mistakes, you know what I mean? Whatever. But nobody's perfect. But um, uh, they couldn't get rid of me fast enough. I couldn't be rid of them fast enough. I'll put it to you that way. So yeah, man. And uh, if, if I was one of their friends, they would have given me the night off and been, hey, no problem, have a good time. Let's come back tomorrow, no problem. But uh, no, you can come back at midnight. <laughs> Gee, thanks. Thanks. You guys have a lot of heart. Appreciate it. So. Yeah, that's rough, man. That's really rough. I know I did a lot of corporate work, and it yeah. was uh, it was just 16-hour days, like, for weeks on end, you know, just no breaks. And uh, and no one gives a shit, man. They're just, oh, well, we'll just fire you and hire someone else instantaneously. Yeah. You know, no sweat off our back. Yeah. And, and when nepotism runs deep in a company, it's, it's – and if you're, if you're not one of the favored people, then it's pretty hard to fight that. Yeah. So – yeah, that's the that's the American way these days. Absolutely. Man. So it's uh, it's all for the dollar, and no one gives a shit about their people, and no one cares if if they can get away with not giving you health insurance, not giving you any kind of benefits, cutting your wages as hard as they can. They're gonna do it. They're yeah. gonna do it as fast as they possibly can because it makes the guy at the top five more dollars. Exactly. You know, it ruins your whole life and you, you know your whole living, but nobody gives a shit about yeah. you, right? And that's that's really the American way, and it's really sad. Right. It, it's crippling the country, honestly. Um, but you know, 
we're not in charge anymore. Yeah. This is a few select people, corporate fat cats just running bullshit. Yeah. yeah. It's it sucks. But uh I see you have um I see you have Eddie Van Halen all over your thing, man. That was a bummer when oh that my happened. God. That came out of nowhere, huh? Oh my god. Um such an I mean, he's no doubt about it. I mean, for our generation, he was he's the greatest guitar player ever. And there's not gonna be another one like him. I mean, he was so innovative. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm not by any stretch of the imagination a lead guitar player, but you know, I was I went back listening to the early records and just listening to like little guitars and cathedral and obviously eruption. I mean that it's his name is all over those and he would just what he did was incredible i mean his picking hand was incredible like just to, to see what he was doing with his with his right hand i can't name a guitar player out there that that had his they can do that fast picking but they can't play it like he did with his loose wrist yeah you know what i mean and and that's not to and that's not to negate anybody that's someone in the business so, you know i was ace Australia is still my all-time favorite guitar player but even Ace has to look at Eddie and go, "Oh my God, he was—he was, you know what I'm saying?" Oh yeah, so, Ace, the Ace is great, but I mean Eddie Van Halen's like one of the greatest. Yeah, so um, it's such a lot. I remember uh, back in 2015, I was working for MGM Grand, and I was a supervisor there, and uh, the Billboard Music Awards was being held there. And uh, my boss at the time, he was a big rock guy also. And we got call. For, we got a call from their management company saying, "Hey, they're going to be here in five minutes. Can you send someone to pick up David Lee Roth?" And well, my boss loved me. He, he was like, "Hey, Chad, go take care of this." Chad's my real name, in case anybody doesn't know that. <laughs> um, hey, Chad, my go brother's take care. name. Yeah. Well, there you go. So uh, I went down there and met David Lee. Took him up to his room. Then I went back downstairs, picked up Eddie and Alex. Um, and Eddie was so nice. He asked me my name. I didn't volunteer it. He just, you know, he goes, hey, how you doing? How you doing? What's your name? I go, I'm Chad. Well, Chad, nice to meet you. I'm Ed. You know, he, shook his, he stuck his hand out to shake my hand. That was so nice to him. You know how many rockstars don't do that? You know, people don't do, don't do that because they just don't want to oh, yeah. be bothered. You know, and I get it. They're, they're being pawned at, and, and this is old, old hat to them, but they just want to go up to the room and, you know, and relax and whatever. But he, this guy just seemed to enjoy his life and enjoy and appreciated what he had and appreciated the people around him. Sweetest guy. I, I, I can't. I was like, I mean, my head, my head exploded that day. I'm like, this guy wants to shake my hand. This is a legend. You know what I mean? And I know that. But uh, I have to keep it professional. I can't, I got to keep my, keep my inner 10 year old girl inside me. Right. <laughs> so, uh, but I hung out with them pretty much all weekend. They were just the nicest people. They were the nicest people. Dave was awesome. I yeah. can't say enough, enough, enough nice things. And he's got a bed, he's got a reputation of being a real jerk. And he wasn't. He was really nice. He invited me into his hotel room, let me sit down. We talked for a while. Um, talked to Alex for a little bit. Wolf was kind of in his own world. He didn't really want anybody hanging out with him. He was really nice, but he's like, I don't need anybody. I'm good. I got this. Nobody knows who I am. He's like, I don't need this. It's cool. <laughs> he's like, okay, no problem. Man. Take, you know, have a good night. Nice he, he was real cool too, you know. But, um, but to lose that, you know, and, and that's – I think Prince was hard to lose also because he was probably – he was a huge influence musically for me early on. Um but losing Eddie was hard. That was hard to swallow. Yeah. That was really hard to swallow. And I think we all knew he was sick. You yeah, know, he'd been we, sick for a while. Yeah, and I just and I think David Lee had said something earlier this year that he didn't think Van Halen would tour again. And he was right. You know, I, I think he knew it, and he just was – I think he was being kind to not mention it. You know what I mean? I think that's – because Eddie was a private person. Yeah, and that so, last tour wasn't exactly the the best, man. No. You know, they were. I, I saw a video of it. I yeah. didn't actually make it out there, but it was. Uh, 
it wasn't like as amazing as as, sure. they, as Van Halen really. Like I saw them in what 2004. I saw them, right. and it was one of the best concerts I ever seen in my life. I mean, it was just friggin' amazing, right. man. And they had uh, they had Sammy fronting them at yeah. that point, and uh, Michael Anthony was still in the band. Sure. And, yeah, it was one of the best shows I ever seen in my life. Yeah. And you watch old videos of them playing; they were like one of the best bands that ever happened. And of yeah. course, that's one of those things that happens when your uh, brother's the drummer. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it's just like that connection. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a. Uh, it's a shame to to have lost such a legend in the industry, man. And I, he was just, what was he doing the last few the last few years? He was just hanging out at his mansion and uh, taking, like, one of his sports cars down to the studio, mm-hmm. playing some guitar, laying some licks down, and then taking a different car back up to it. <laughs> you know, he's just like, I don't know what to do with my time anymore. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's a massive loss, man. It's just like... Um, it makes me think of uh, like Dimebag Daryl, man, him sure. and his brother Vinny, and who he also lost, Vinny. Yeah, um, yeah. I hope uh, I hope Alex handles it well, and and you know I know Vinny, Vinny took it so hard whenever Dime went, and sure. he just started drinking so heavily, yeah. and it was really sad. Um, I mean that they were it's it's your brother. It's you know when you're in a band, there's that bond. Yeah. Um, and then when it's actually your brother in the band with you, I mean I that's. That's beyond. I played back east. I played in a band with two brothers um, that I'm still friends with to this day. Um, and they'll be playing on my next record, actually. But Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I know when I left them, when I, I, had, I had been in their band for years, for probably six or seven years at that point. Um, and we were, we still considered, we all consider each other brothers to, you know, to each other. Like, I'm probably their, their surrogate brother. But these two guys will never leave each other, and I understand that bond. I get it. And they're both very, very talented. Very talented. You know, Brian Pastor, he's the main songwriter and keyboardist and singer, and his brother Darren Pastor is a guitar player. And he's, he's an incredible talent, incredible, incredible guitar player. Um, but these guys, will, you know, they're like this. So if something were to happen to either one of them, I don't know how it would affect them. I, I would, it would break my heart, number one, because I don't want to see any of them do anything bad you know what i mean but and i would just all i could do is be there for him and just hope and, and support him but i get the bond you know i understand that I, I so i don't i hope alex takes this takes time to heal takes time to mourn but then continues yeah it's on some level it has to because he's in my opinion he's probably one of the greatest drummers in the world oh yeah easily so. man. easily i mean the uh just so many amazing drum lines that came out of that band. Uh, I'm trying to think of, uh, there's one in my head. Is it Hopper Teacher I'm thinking of that's just freaking yeah, ridiculous? Yeah. Yeah, that drum that drum beat's amazing, mm-hmm. man. That was, one of those, that was one of those drum lines I spent forever trying to get down. Sure. I never really got it down either, you know. It's my, just... my favorite drum line from him was Intruder. Intruder? Yeah, going into Pretty Woman. I just, I don't oh, know, something yeah. about that that is so simple. I just loved it. I don't know. I, I, I was listening to it the other day when, you know, after after Eddie passed, because I, I, Diver Down is one of my favorite records from them. It gets, you either love that album or you hate it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I was listening to that against, like, I really dig this groove. It's just awesome. I don't know why. I still get excited when I hear it. And uh, I don't know. Yeah, the the intro they did for Pretty Woman was amazing. Yeah, I really loved that intro. Like, I I just I hate when it just cuts into Pretty Woman. Yeah, like if it comes on the radio or something, they'll skip that whole because it's like I know it's I like read... 60, 70 seconds or whatever it is. Yeah, just whatever Alec or Eddie's doing on the guitar, it just makes sense. Then it goes right into Pretty Woman. I just but I like that 
He starts out with a regular single, but then he goes into the. I just, I, I love that. I don't know. It's. They were legendary, man. Yeah. That's when they were they were really on fire, you know. That's when they were in their prime, just fucking bringing it, yeah. you know. And they could do and they could do no wrong at that point, you know. So it's uh, yeah, those those kind of things are amazing, man. They are amazing. I yeah, I I agree. I hope uh, I hope after Alex heals up, man, he comes out with some kind of new project and and keeps on playing drums because what a phenomenal musician yeah. and and that really is uh what it's all about, man. You know, life's about playing and having a good time and and like you know living yeah and that's that's one of the reasons that man lives is to play drums but it's got to be hard whenever your brother's gone the guy you've always done it with yeah and Fuck. that that tweet he put it out that tweet he put it out that tweet he put out <laughs> um was uh got me in the feels <laughs> yeah um so, you know hey i'd see you on the other side love love you your brother ed and i'm like or your brother alex i'm like yeah that's that's tough <laughs> that's really tough man and it's i, I so felt for tough. him yeah yeah, that's brutal, man. Yeah, my brother was a. Uh, we played together. He's a guitar player, fantastic guitar player, and it was so much fun playing with him growing up. And I really miss it. He's uh, he's also an audio engineer now. Oh, nice. Very and nice. Uh, and I try to get him to play. You know, I try to encourage him to like let's let's jam these songs or let's do this thing or that thing, and it always ends up not happening. You know, and it's like one of those things. He kind of just he kind of let it go. You know, he's sure. like I'm gonna. He's he still can play. But like, if I want to get him into a project, it's just not going to happen. Right. And it's a bummer because it was like, it was this that that bond, you know, sure. where you're you're playing with your brother. It's pretty fantastic. Um, but you know, it'll never. Uh, it, it, I don't know. I don't think it'll ever happen anymore. I've always wanted it to. We got close last year. I got really close to getting him back into doing a little, little tribute thing, little little cover band thing. But uh, when push came to shove, he was just like, I I'm not feeling it. Oh. And I'm like, man, the show's like right around the corner. Like we already have it booked and everything. But he just didn't want to do it. Huh? Yeah, he didn't want to do it anymore. It was kind of a bummer. But you know, he's he's a badass engineer and he's focused on that. So oh. he's he's got his own happy. studio at his house, like like I do, and he works for some amazing people and Good. does some amazing things. Good. But yeah, it's hard. It's hard. So you got this uh, this pretty cool T-shirt here. Let's check that thing out, man. So this is uh. The CC Storm X-Ray Eyes T-shirt. This was uh, designed by a guy named Chris Goff from Detroit, Michigan. Um, so I covered this Kiss cover, X-Ray Eyes, with Mary Crya, who sings uh, some lead vocal on it. And I put it out over the summer, and uh, Chris made this for me, and he needed it for a, a single cover uh, when I put it to iTunes and Spotify. So uh, I asked him, I said, hey, Chris, do you want if I make T-shirts out of this? He goes, no, go, go right ahead, go for it. So uh, these are available. If you hit me up on Facebook, if you always want to get one, they are... Turn it a little more so you can see oh, it on the camera. I'm sorry. Boom. Boom, there it is. It's available on... You can hit, hit you up on Facebook. And, on uh, Facebook, um, I th what was I charging for them? I think I was charging like 15 bucks for them or something like that, So or 20 bucks. Let's, go, let's say 15. Let's be fair about this. Right. So uh, 15 plus a couple of shipping if you want to get it shipped, you know, over, uh, over the United States. Hit me up on Facebook and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll see that you get one. Let's see here. I think I found that on Reverb Nation, too. With the... There it is.
Oh, you guys did this in the studio too, huh? Correct. Correct. This was at Chase Music Studio. I haven't heard X-ray eyes in forever. He's such a good deep cut too. Yeah. I drive I drive my tattoo artist uh, that I get my uh, my back tattoo done with. I drive nuts because I'm always playing uh, Kiss albums the whole time. <laughs> I was like, Kiss has some great songs, but then they also have some deep cuts that are a little off the walls right. you know, here and there. He's just like, Jesus, do we gotta listen to Kiss the whole time? I was like, we're tattooing Kiss, homie. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Always start with whatever face we're doing. Uh, We'll start with uh, with that album. Mm-hmm. You know, they all did their solo albums. Sure. So we start with the solo album, and uh, and then just start jamming Kiss Kiss records until you know we're done with the phase. Sure. And uh, one of my favorite ones off the solo albums was uh, Gene Simmons did what Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, uh, right? When you wish upon a star. When you wish upon a star. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what the fuck, Gene? That's so ridiculous, right? <laughs> but it's, uh, you know, it's the, the the one song that stands out for me the most on that album was that. I was just like, is this really happening right now, Gene Simmons? Singing? Do you know why he did that song? No, why did he do that Because song? when he moved to this country, he realized how great America is because he came from Israel, obviously. But he realized that your dreams can come true in this country, and that's why he recorded it. Nice. So I thought that was, well, that's really sweet. I, I get it now. Because I even, even when I was a kid, when I first heard that, I was like, Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how do you go from, spots, right? How do you go from she's radioactive to when you wish upon a star? <laughs> how do you go from that to this, you know? Uh, I get it, you know. I understand. Yeah, that was that was ridiculous, man. I uh I think uh, what what's your fa- what's your favorite first of all of the uh the Kiss solo albums? I know which one mine is, but um Paul Stanley's my favorite. You like Paul Stanley? I mean, I love Aces, but I love Paul Stanley's album. Yeah, Ace, um, yeah, right. Uh, Ace's, it, it, there's one song on Ace's album that I don't hate the song, but I don't get it. I don't, it just, to me, it just, it's too off the wall for me. And that's wiped out. Okay. Some people love that song, and I don't hate it. I don't hate the song. I just don't get it. I don't, I understand what he's singing about. I get that. But if it wasn't for that song, I probably would pick Ace's over Paul's. But everything on Paul's album from start to finish, I can listen to over and over again. Peters is probably I don't hate Peters either, but that's my least favorite. Yeah. Um, so if I had to I'd choose with that, I would go Paul, Ace, Gene, Peters. That was that would be my <laughs> that would be my my ranking. So I love it. But yeah, I'm pretty much right there with you. I said I just flip Ace and Paul sure. around. I just like the Ace yeah, and a it's, little better. And it's so it's funny because the two guitar players and I I get it I get shit for that all the time. Well, why Pauls? I go because I love Paul Stanley. Okay, of course he's amazing. <laughs> so. You know, and it's and I love Ace Frehley. I think Ace Frehley's an, he's he's a he's my guitar god. I I love him. Um, in fact, on my Passionately Angry album, I uh, I cover one of his unreleased songs called Audio Video. Oh yeah, so yeah, there's Catch Me When I Fall. So uh, I I love Ace Frehley, but you know, I, so, but Paul's albums was is definitely my favorite. He's always been my favorite member of Kiss anyway. But yeah, he's pretty incredible, dude. And I think I have that right here on this uh, Reverb Nation. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I love it. Is this done at Chase's studio as well? Or sure. Chase Music Studio? Yes, sir. That sounds like a Kiss record, man. That's what I get. I get that a lot. <laughs> the reverb's really on point. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. That's a deep cut. I haven't heard that in forever, yeah. man. 
That's pretty cool. On my new one, I'll have Words Are Not Enough on there also. I did that. Oh, really? One. Yeah. Because I like that song. I always like that song too. Yeah, cover songs are the way to go, man. Like, uh, uh, that that's come up a few times where uh, every artist that like really breaks into uh, the industry, they all do it with like a cover song. They, it's always because uh, people can relate; to, they understand that song, and uh, it's like already in their head. And so it's like a really easy way to get people to become fans of yours. It's just to bang out a cover song that's pretty popular, or, like redo it. Right, know? and and I try to. I try to do it justice. I try to not to veer too far off to the left with it. I want people to recognize it and, and, and hear the song that they remember. Like with anybody who's a real big Kiss fan and a real big Ace Fairly fan that dove into his deep catalog and the unreleased stuff that he did before the Fairly's Comet album came out, I wanted them to hear and go, oh, yeah, that sounds like Ace playing. Or it sounds like I, I wanted it to be familiar. I didn't want to make it mine. You know what I mean? Because it's still Ace Fairly's song. Um. But I like to try to pick songs that people don't really know anyway. I mean, if I'm going to do a cover, I wanted to. I didn't want to do like rock and roll all night or something like that that everybody knows, you know. Yeah. So um, when I play live, I do a cover of a, from a band called Guster, um, a song called One Man Wrecking Machine. Guster. That, yeah. Okay. Um, Never heard of them. Yeah, they're, I like them. I think they're really good. Um, I, but I like One Man Wrecking Machine. That's a great. It's a great song. It's got some. Musically, lyrically, it speaks to me. It has some things that I kind of went through when I was a kid and going going into school and things you wish you could do again. And and uh, my drummer Pat Caruso, he's he made a comment to me last week. He goes, "Yeah, I don't know where that song came from. And who's who's Guster?" <laughs> but uh, but yeah, they're good. I like them. I think they're they're a different type. I think they're like they're more like a college band. kind of how I describe them. Yeah, like Vertical Horizon. They were more of a college college band at one point, but. That's cool. I never. I'm gonna leave that page up. I never heard of them before. So, that's awesome. Yeah, I don't know if I can play their music on my podcast. No, that's fine. I understand. But yeah, uh, this is awesome, man. Oh, look at these. These are some great shots too here on your uh, Reverb Nation. I like this shot. With the bass. What bass is you playing right now? Uh, I have a Tobias bass, which is in that photo there. Um, and I was able to get back an old bass that I bought back in 1991. It was a Fender Precision Light. Okay. So uh the Fender Precision's a classic. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome. So yeah. Tobias bass. Yeah. You don't see that that often. No, it plays great. Records great too. Cuz I like I like lightweight instruments. I don't like I don't like them too heavy. Yeah. Yeah, I have um I have a fire plant over there which is a company that's back from uh California that my buddy uh, Anthony, who he's, I was showing earlier, plays guitar with my Primus band. Uh, he's endorsed by Fireplant. Oh, nice. And, uh, man, by the way, I love Primus. Oh, dude, thank you, man. I love Primus. That's, dude, that's my favorite, man. It's, yeah. I, every time it comes on, I'm just like, what the hell is happening? You yeah, know? The, the only song I can play from Primus is American Life. Uh, that's, that's a fun one. That's a fun. That's a great song. That's, that's the one. only. I. I mean, I can't do what Les does. He's 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 a god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, he's pretty incredible. That yeah. one. That one was. Uh, it's it's got a lot of fun, like uh, roll off stuff that you're doing with your right. finger. I had to really start focusing on the upstroke with that when mm -hmm. you're doing American Life. I had to get the whole. You, you're not just slapping down, but you're coming back up with the thumb right. technique. And that's one of the things I like about learning all those Primus songs. It's like every song, he's like, well, here's a different bass technique that you need to develop so you can just play this one song. It's like, fuck. <laughs> 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 this is going to take a while. Um, but he really let, you know, helps you dig in 
and uh and then when i go out and play it's always like uh well i need to bring like three different kinds of bases and i'm yeah. doing i need all these different pedals and all these different sounds and it's like just getting it to getting it as close as i can sure. to what he's actually accomplishing is really a fun task for me man but it's still not he's still so much better than i will ever be as a musician you know his, but his left hand i swear it's it's gotta be mutant it's got oh yeah he's, i don't how the guy i don't know and his speed man his yeah, speed exactly. is is just beyond me dude like he does songs that i'm doing where i'm like rolling off or i'll be doing uh my name is mud's always a great example of yeah. that where he I, i'd play it with rolling off my my fingers but he'll sit there and freaking downstroke the whole song and it's like that's like a six minute song yeah you're gonna downstroke the whole time. I, when I go see him live, you know, I'm just like, he's gonna downstroke this whole thing. That's insane to me. Mm -hmm. And I grew up playing freaking Slayer. Yeah. Uh, and that's all downstroke music. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I still can't. I still can't keep up with his speed. It's it's beautiful, man. Mm -hmm. Have you heard his? Uh, have you heard the thing he did with John Lennon's son? I the did not. Lennon Claypool Delirium. No, I haven't heard that. Oof, that's that is amazing stuff, man. I'll have to check it out. And. Uh, yeah, Sean Lennon uh, is, he's just incredible, man. He's just an incredible musician. Um, let me see here. I got a picture of him somewhere I bet I can find on the interwebs. On the web, here we go. Yeah. Oh, it's going to pull it up on the side. Pull it up in the main screen. Boom. There it is. And this is actually a... Good picture of uh, of Sean. He's a lot grungier looking, but they do some incredible stuff, man. Uh, together, and they they bring a keyboard player into the event, and uh, and man, what a psychedelic experience those albums are. They did a second album. Normally, he's doing you know like one album and then going on to his next project or going back to Primus, and uh, and this one was so special. They think he's still doing it. Um, that we might even get a third album out of wow. him. I don't know, um, but. Yeah, it's uh, we Angela bought me some uh, tickets to go see him live, and fantastic live show, of course, to be expected by those kind of guys, right? But yeah, Lenny, uh, the Claypool Linen Delirium, I definitely recommend that stuff. Okay, I should I want to get a um a cover of them going on the next time I do Blue Collar Bastards. I got to cover at least one of their songs, man, because it's. <laughs> did you ever hear any of the other stuff he did as a solo artist? No, like he did um. He did some stuff with um, Tom Waits. Oh, wow. And he did some stuff with Buckethead. And um, uh, and then, uh, fuck, he, what's the drummer? There's a, he did this thing called Oysterhead, this thing called Falling Propagate, and there's, he's bringing in all these other people. But, yeah, Les is, Les is always doing some crazy shit off, off the wall stuff whenever he's not playing with Primus. But uh, who was some of your inspirations? I mean, Les is a big one for me, man. Who was a big inspiration for you growing up as a uh, bass player? I was a bass player? Um, well, obviously Gene Simmons. Um, I, I just thought what he could do, if you listen to uh, He's very underrated. It's what I, one thing about Gene Simmons. He's a very underrated bass oh, player. Oh, yeah. He's, um, the, some of the licks that he does, and then he sings on top of that, uh, you know, that's all I know how to do. That, I mean, people are like, well, don't you just, how do you play singing? How do you sing and play at the same time? I was like, I don't know. It's just, I've always done it that way. That's how Gene does it. Um, Paul McCartney, obviously. Um, Billy Sheehan, another huge influence. I got to meet Billy a couple uh, times. I've only talked to him online, um, but he's always been really, really nice when I talked to him online. The but, nicest dude. Yeah, he seems like it. Yeah. He seems like it. Um, but uh, I was more into, like, like songwriters. Um, 
I liked uh, musically, I like like Sweet um, early oh, on. Nice. Yeah. Um, Blue Oyster Cult, um, Boston. Um, and then in the 80s, you know, listening to, you know, when I was developing my songwriting skills, I was listening to, obviously, the, the 80s metal stuff. But early on, when I was a kid, I mean, you want to talk about eclectic. I was listening to my parents' albums when I was my when I was first cutting my teeth. Like they had, you know, John Denver and the Carpenters and Neil Diamond. That's what I was really grew up listening to I initially. Love Neil I so do I. Oh my God, bless you, my son. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, that Hot August Night album to me was uh, uh, to this day still stands in my in my catalog because I can listen to that over and over again. I love that record. But uh, and people look at me like like I have three heads when I say that. Like, huh? What? <laughs> Sorry, I like what I like, you know? Yeah. Um, Prince, again, was another huge influence on me just because that's how I got into learning how to play more instruments. Like, you didn't have to limit yourself to just one instrument. Yeah, Prince is uh, an amazing multi-instrumentalist. Yeah. So, I mean, not that I ever thought that I could be Prince. Nobody but, can. But he touched a nerve in me. Like, I th said, I think I can do that. I think I can do that. So, and I tried, and I think I did it with that, I hope. So, but, um, yeah, that's pretty much what I grew up listening to, you know, and grew up my influences. Um, like I said, a lot of singer-songwriter stuff. Even like, even like really easy listening stuff, like James Taylor and um, how even like Michael Bublé, you know, stuff like that. You know, Harry Connick. Like, I have a very, uh, very vast catalog in my CD collection. <laughs> well, you mentioned uh, Billy Sheehan, and I, um, I got to work with him a couple times, and oh, that's awesome. um, and he was such a nice dude. Because like you were saying before, you know, a lot of times you work with a big-time celebrity or big-time musician. And it's kind of like, well, I'll leave this guy alone, you know. Obviously, he doesn't want to be bothered. Uh, and um, Billy was not that way at all. Billy was like, what are you up to right now, you know? And yeah. he just started talking to you like he's nothing special at all. And, um, and so, you know, we got into talking about bass playing. And then um, one time after a gig, he would come up and... Uh, and show me his fingers and how they're all shredded up. And right. He's like, man, I got really into that show, and I don't know if I was this and that on this part, you know. And it's like, dude, you're amazing. You're Billy Sheehan. Yeah. You know, like that. That was an incredible performance. But he's still um, trying to be better. Trying to like, he's you know, no. Everybody would think you know, once you attain a certain level of musicianship, and uh, that you're just comp confident in your abilities. Um, and I just don't think that is the case with anybody. You know, no matter wh who you are, you're always like, oh, I remember these couple mistakes I made on stage, even though nobody can recognize exactly. those mistakes. Exactly. And um, and so, yeah, he was always just super open about that and just like the friendliest guy. And um, I remember we had packed everything up and the bus is out back and he's uh, walking out with the band and the other two guys in the band weren't really having it and everyone's like trying to get stuff autographed and they were just like ignoring their fans you know like mm -hmm. like musicians and people are you know they, they're trying to get back on the road and get back with their lives and billy was just like walks right in the middle of this circle of people that are just like super fans just freaking out right and he just goes you guys want to hear some stories from the road man and they're just like what <laughs> and uh, just made everybody's whole year that's awesome and that's he really signed awesome. everything for everybody that's really and good. he sat there and told stories for like an hour held wow. up the bus and he was just like this is what these are the people that are paying my bills dude yeah like i gotta make sure that these people are happy yeah and also he just loves making people happy good and that kind of influence on um on other people's lives is just uh you can't buy that man right you know you can only just go out and do it and yeah, billy was always a great example of how to be as a musician and always how to stay grounded yeah 
Yeah, that's important. You have to stay grounded. You gotta stay grounded. Cause oh yeah. When it comes, I mean, I don't know about you, but when the first thing I wake up, when I wake up in the mornings, I, I run to the bathroom. You know, and everybody <laughs> does that. Yeah. So, Billy Sheehan does that. Everybody does that. So it's important to remember that you're not up here. You're still here. You're just getting to do something very extraordinary with your life, and you're getting call it luck or call it hard work or whatever you want to call it. You're getting to do something a lot of people that have only dreamed about doing. You know, I don't think I'll ever get that lucky. I just like to play. If I were to pick up a tour, great. That'd be awesome. I did one small tour in my life so far, and that's it. And was it fun? It was okay. Could have been better. Touring's rough. <laughs> yeah, but sure is. And it's rough when you drive eight hours and you play for one person. I've done that. <laughs> yeah, so. That's uh, that's the reality of being a touring musician. Exactly. exactly. If so. you haven't done that gig yet, that gig's coming up. You know, yeah, as a musician, exactly. you're playing you're that gonna, It's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to happen. Because uh, that's what it takes to get there, man. You know, you have to just put in the time and pay those dues. And uh, and, and living on the road's really hard, man. It really is. But I, I look forward to doing it even um, even as time goes on and I get older. And I, I really, you know, I'm not I'm not going to be a famous musician in my life. But I love to play. And mm-hmm. it's like I, 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 I look forward to, like, getting a band established where I can just go tour that record around and just to get it out there you know i'm not going to make any money i'm going to lose money on the tour sure but it'd be like oh well this summer i'm going to go tour it next summer i'm going to go tour it and then i'll just be working on a new record and just you know you pretend to do it as opposed or not pretend but you know you do it and it's not about making money or being famous it's about playing music in front of people and doing the thing you've always loved since you were a kid and i think that's way more important than becoming famous I wouldn't want to be famous. I really don't want to be. Yeah. I mean, I think as a kid I did, but when I see what it what it does to you, I just I don't know. I like my privacy. I like, you know, I like sitting at home with my girlfriend, and you know, we talk and we watch movies. And I don't. I wouldn't want to be out in that spotlight all the time. No, it's I just, hard. I just I like to do it. I like to have a little. I wouldn't say recognize. I just like to go out there and play. And if you like what I'm doing, great. Thanks. That's awesome. We'll sit and we'll talk after. We'll have a beer or whatever, and have a good time. But I don't know. I just. I wouldn't want. I wouldn't want that. I just. I mean, I don't know. I say that now, but of course, if it were to happen, I'd be like, you know, <laughs> what would actually happen after that? But well, yeah, you're going to take the opportunity, sure. right? I mean, that's a huge life opportunity. But sure. it, I, I think. Uh, I think what's important is to not let yourself feel uh, feel down if that doesn't happen in your career. You know? Yeah, and I, obviously, if I was feeling down, I wouldn't be. We wouldn't be sitting here talking right now. Oh, exactly. So, again, this is something I love to do. I'm doing. I'm going to take a loss on my next record. I know it. We, everyone. So, everyone. Yeah, I, I know I am, but I do it because I love doing it. You do it because you love doing it. Yeah. Everybody's doing it because they love doing it. Purpose, man. Exactly. It's it's something to wake up for. And it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing whenever you're putting this much time and effort and money into your passion. Right. That's... That's what right. living's all about, man. Exactly. That's what That's what we're here to do is create these passions and really... Yes. ...put our all into them, man. Uh, and, yeah, it's... It's definitely awesome, man. I'm actually, uh, I admire your, uh, that you're getting this new album out. I've been saying I was going to do it and I still haven't, I'm, I'm not in the studio making it happen, you know, and I got the studio right upstairs and it's like distractions. You get so distracted so easily in life sure. and you can get wrapped up in bills and bullshit and drama and, and man, just staying focused and staying dedicated and actually banging it out. It's hard to accomplish. Well, by the time my next record comes out, it'll be five years since that one. Okay. So yeah, it takes time. It, it takes time. So, um, I just know I have. I know there's this fire inside me that I have to make sure it gets done. Yeah. And then that will be satiated, and then I can move on. 
and then do some shows, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> but uh, Yeah, if the government ever lets us play again, man, that's a, that's a scary thing that's going on right now is just complete shutdown of live entertainment. It's crippling Las Vegas so hard. And uh, I know it's fucking me all up, man. That's my whole existence is about live performance and right. live entertainment. And, you know, either if, whichever side I'm on, you know, if I'm on the stage or if I'm behind a console, it's like it's that's every day of my life. That's what it's been about. Exactly. And it's just gone. Yeah. And I really hope it comes back oh, it, it, sooner than later. We'll see. Yeah, we will, we'll man. It's rough, man. It's rough. But. Yeah. Yeah. So well, talk about sunshine and rainbows now. <laughs> just talk about sunshine and rainbows, exactly, man. So it's uh, actually it's uh, sober October right now. Uh, so sunshine and rainbows. I've been off the. I've been participating in the sober October, feeling great. Uh, yeah, loving life again, man. Been got a great workout in this morning and everything, and it's like all of a sudden, like the world starts not feeling so shitty, man. Right. Especially getting all that weed out of my brain. <laughs> like, man, does that slow me down, dude. And you don't think about it. You're like, oh, man, I'm so normal all the time. And uh, and then, like, I hit this, I hit the month of October, and then it's just like uh, the first week sucks. And then now we're on the second week, you know, uh, going into the third, and it's like all of a sudden my eyes are open again. And I'm like, oh, man, I feel great again. I, I can't do this. Great. It gives me a headache. Yeah. It gives me a bad headache. It, just a smell. And I... I did it when I was younger, but I can't do it now. Just the smell of it gives me wicked headaches. Yeah, that happens to a few people, so. man, that I know. And a lot of people end up being allergic to it. That may be, may be what it is now. Who knows? But I just, I got nothing against it, but I just, I can't do it anymore. I mean, yeah. I can't do it with my job as it stands now anyway, but. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. But, hey. <laughs> uh, it's, it ain't going to kill you, so. That's it, man. That's it. Oh, cool, man. Well, I think uh, I think this has been a great interview, man. And uh, I really like to thank you for coming on again, man. My, uh, you got the new album coming out next year, uh, Rise of the Horizon. Correct. You got uh, CC Storm online, uh, ccstorm.com. That'll be relaunching soon. Correct. And of course, uh, Passionately Angry, available now at Zia Records, streaming online. So, yeah, I just, uh, I really appreciate you coming on the show and promoting your new record, man. It's been a pleasure. It's, and and once, as soon as live performances hit again, we will be out playing because my band is actually called CC Storm in the Aftermath. Okay. And so far I have Pat Caruso on drums, and I have to certainly give a plug to my buddy Lenny Weidgren, who just moved to Vegas from, or moved, yeah, moved to Vegas from Los Angeles. Lenny, a little story about Lenny. Lenny I played with at Musicians Institute, where, where I met him about 20 years ago, 25 years ago. Lenny was in the movie uh, Get Him to the Greek. He played Russell Brand's guitar player in that movie. So if you, I love that movie. Yeah. yeah. So he was he's the guitar player with the top hat or with the with the cowboy hat on or whatever. Nice. So yeah, Lenny's a good guy, great guitar player, and I'm looking for another guitar player. So if anybody who's looking who wants to join a band, you listen to my music. If you want to, you want to play it, let me know and let's let's jam together. See what happens. That's awesome. So. That's awesome. Yeah, and the, uh, there's there's an abundance of guitar players out here in Las Vegas, yes. man. You definitely won't have any problem finding that. That's for sure. I mean, fuck, every other guest on my uh, my podcast is a guitar player out here, man. <laughs> there's just so many, and hopefully everyone gets to start playing music again because I don't know what everyone's doing at this point. It's fr it's it's crazy. Well, Keith but, Robert, if you're watching this, 
That door is always open for you, buddy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Keith, what an incredible talent Keith is. Absolutely. Speaking of Ace Freely. Oh, my know? God, yeah. I'd love to work with him. So, Yeah, man. Well, cool. I have, um, I have your reverb up again. Uh, cool. I got words are not enough. You like that one? We'll play the, we'll play the uh, podcast off. Bada bing. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on, man. It's fantastic. This has been a, uh, another episode of To the Fullest with Jason Froberg. Uh,